This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the studio under a bit of a grey cloud. It's been a bit of a funny week, this one. After the joys of Leeds on Saturday, what a wicked day that was. 1-0, loads of bees singing, referee, Leeds fans moaning, first double ever over the Leeds. Coming into the game on Tuesday, all full of joys we are. Bombshell, bang. The morning of the game. News in the Times, Warburton's going to get sacked. Then that evening, we got beaten by Watford with a last-minute winner. Absolutely gutting. So we thought, let's get together a couple of nights before the next game, and we're going to have a little chinwag about what's happened in the last couple of days. I've got, I've got a studio full of characters today. We're all crammed in. I've got Mr Dave Lane, who's uh, he's been avoiding a dog who's been nibbling at his ankles. Mr Lane? How are things? Yeah, he's started to dry hump my leg now, funny enough. Yeah, bloody, bloody pes- pesky mutt. Um, yeah, a bit of a weird week. Um, as you said, you know, the, it was a, an amazing amazing win up at Leeds and we had a brilliant train journey back. And who would have guessed that, the, um, that it was a veritable, uh, it was a veritable hand grenade into the wedding party on, uh, on Tuesday morning. And um, I wish it never. Never happened, Bill. You know, I wish we could turn back the clock and um, you know that the, the new story hadn't happened, um, but it has. So um, we got to deal with that, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. So, we're going to um, talk lots about it, I think. Um, also in the studio, another besotted regular. We got Mr. Matt Allard. How are you feeling, Matt? Um, I'm still. I don't know if I'm maybe still a little bit freaked out. I think I've been this season. I've been living in this dream world where football's been easy and I've not had to worry about anything. And um, suddenly, I feel like a football supporter again because there's plenty to worry about. It's not. It's not a great feeling to be in because we've been sort of quite euphoric the last few weeks. But then you know, it's the ups and downs of being a football fan. We've got Mr Nick Carfew in the studio as well, and I know Nick is, uh, you've got quite a few things to talk about a bit later, haven't you, Nick? You've been stewing and a-brewing. Yeah, but now planning for the future, looking ahead, you know, got my crystal ball out, it'll all be all right, it'll all work out in the end, hopefully. And we thought we'd go for a, a fourth member in the studio as well with us, Mr Jim Levac. always got something to say, Jim, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not feel a bit much like the others really. The high speeds and then the big low, and just sort of concerned really about you know what it said about the values of our club really. Yeah, values bit, of our club. Baffled, we're going to dis- we talk about the values of our club. We're going to talk about all that stuff later. I'm sure we're going to go into a full Warburton sacking, not sacking, 
what's going down. But first of all, let's just have a little look back to Tuesday night. We played Watford. We narrowly, I mean as narrow as you can, lost to Watford 2-1 with a last minute goal. We're going to go to the pub after the game to hear what the fans had to say. I just thought we were going to hold out, but uh, it just didn't work out that way. It was too long with the 10 players, I'm afraid. But I actually think they picked it up more after half-time. The change in the attitude of the players and the way they played was enormous second half. Very good to see it. Goal came and it lifted the players and it lifted the crowd as well. First half, rather like the first half at Leeds, was um, uh, a bit drab, I thought. I was pleased to see at the end of the game that the Watford uh, players, to a man... Uh, came up and congratulated him on his performance, and I thought that had said a lot. He read, held, ran the line really brilliantly today. He, he held the ball up, he tried to do things, but uh, I think he was exhausted by the end of that game. It was very, very disappointing to get, for them to get a goal at the last minute because I thought, I thought we'd held out. I thought we'd, we'd held out the ship and held fairly. It was a rocky ship, but we'd held out, and it was, it was majorly cutting. However... I thought, uh, you know, fair play to Warburton for bringing on Tommy Smith at the end of the game uh, because he felt we, we could still win it. And uh, I think, you know, that, that, that gave me a lot of pleasure to see that. I don't mind, I don't mind going, I don't mind losing uh, in that kind of spirit. And I think uh, uh, Warburton, uh, he played the right tactics today and fair play to him. And, uh, you know, that's football sometimes. You get, you get shafted but, and, you, uh, and it's always hard to play the whole game with uh, to play half the game with uh, 10 men but uh, I think I think we should be very proud of the bees performance tonight uh, the fans have uh, we all love Warburton because he's done uh, such a, a fantastic thing for the club this season uh, we love his tactics uh, I think he's, he's a great personality I don't know what's going on there and uh, of course all the Bees fans want to know um, and uh, I hope it's got not anything to do with QPR if it does I shall uh, get my shotgun out but uh, there you go but uh, you know um, I, I think that we should uh, we should you know hey the game's done and dusted Let's get on to Charlton on Saturday. I think, I think that Mark Warburton got a great bunch of players together. They play for each other. They've got a great team spirit. And I do think that they've still got a great chance of being the playoff place at the end of the season. I mean, I'm happy because we won. Of course I'm happy because we won. I'm not happy if some of your Brentford fans and so forth think that the decisions were wrong that led to that that situation if the guy shouldn't have been sent off I don't want to see people sent off for no reason I don't know it was a good game and they're two proper football teams that's what I appreciate about Brentford I think there's a team who's got promoted and I'm not just saying this because I'm surrounded by Brentford fans I'm not saying that you know I think Brentford deserve an awful lot of credit they're a football team a football team not like some of the teams in this division who will just come and stick men behind the ball you know scrap and, and fight and they'll have big guys and they'll they'll spoil the game Brentford play football 
And if they'd have won tonight, and they, they tried to win the game with 10 men, they brought a striker on with 10 men, and they tried to win the game. And you've got to respect that, whether it's your team or, or anyone else's team. I loved the performance tonight. I thought we were brilliant. I thought Andres Gray is one of the Gray's goals, one of the best I've ever seen at Griffin Park, and he ran his nuts off, as they all did. And ultimately, we lost the game because we were fucking shattered, and it was 10 against 12. And that was going to happen because we did everything we could, but they were a good team, and they were never going to not win that game with against 10 men. We'd, I'm proud of the boys. I was proud of them against Millsborough. I was proud of them at Leeds. I'm proud of them today. We're a great team. We just came across the wrong referee. Are we going to kick on after this, do you reckon? We are going to be brilliant. <laughs> we like that. So those are the fans after the game in the pub against Watford 2-1. Close game, wicked game to be. If you're in neutral there, you would have thought, what a fantastic game of football. Um... That double whammy hit hard on that day on Tuesday. It really did. You've got Warburton, bang. Watford, bang. Um, to be fair to the Watford fans as well, they were, again, very complimentary about Brentford, about our ground, about what a great atmosphere. There's a couple of articles, if you check them, on the Vital Watford site and another site as well, who were saying, what a fantastic away day. Everything about it in the ground, the terraces, the pubs, the atmosphere, the fans. So they enjoyed themselves. And they said it wasn't just because we got beat. It's because we actually really did enjoy it. So that's good. Fair play to the Watford fans. But what a kick in the teeth that was. Boys, just, let's bring us back to Tuesday. That game. What went down? Well, can, I, I, can, I, can, I, can I say that uh, it's, it's very unusual for me uh, not to um, be in a position where, where I'm not ranting about a referee as Nick yeah, will, will, will testify. Um, but, you know, I thought the decision to send Bidwell off was, was just far too quick. He'd made his mind up instantly. And, and that changed the whole game, you know, and it was game pretty much over despite their fantastic efforts. Um, and, it, you know, I think there should be... Someone should have a look into his, uh, his record when he's refereeing Brentford matches. When you say I, yeah, look I into his record... With Jim there, I thought that... Um... I've seen seeing it again on uh, Sky and watching it again on the YouTube clip this afternoon. I think actually it was a definite sending off. Um, Jake Bidwell, he, yeah, he slipped, but his leg was up. He went in with the studs. I don't think the referee had much option uh, on first, you know, on first sight, which is the only sight the referee gets to send him off. I thought it was a shame. I I hadn't realised quite because of course we're uh, down the other end on Ealing Road. Um, quite what a mess of uh, Stuart Dallas there absolutely no fault of his because he's not on left back but for their second goal if Dallas had booted it out of touch or booted it out into touch or out for a corner who knows we might have got out to the draw um, but um, hey that's football again for us just... yeah so Matt you thought that the balance was changing in that game is that correct I thought the balance changed before Bidwell was sent off um I, I, I thought we did really well for, as I said, the first 20 minutes. Um, but there was a change in momentum, and I thought Watford were excellent. I really thought they were. They moved the ball around like us. I, mean, it was a, I think there's a two things, isn't there? We lost the game, and also with everything else hanging over us, we kind of forget. I think it's probably one of the best games. We keep saying this, one of the best games of the season. It was just 
end-to-end stuff. It was only the last 20 minutes where we really were coming out of hell. Um, yeah, we, we, we just ran out of steam. You know, to, to take on Watford 11 against 11 was going to be difficult. To, you know, 10 against 11 for for more than half a game. And that, you, you know, to, I think Andre Andre Gray's goal was, was stunning. You know, he had a couple of chances or a couple of sniffs, uh, 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 similar chances in the build-up to that one where a long ball over the top and he was racing on and the defender got the better of him. But this time, the, the, when he scored, he, he, he made it, he got he got, the, he sort of got the angles right and he just hammered that ball home. And then the reaction when they headed over towards was, um, you know, was very emotional. Um, but there was an inevitability about it and I, 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 could, I, I tweeted at the time, Watford, Watford sniffed blood. And they, I, I thought it was just a matter of time when they come out, come out of us in waves, and we were looking leggy. Gray was, Gray was out for the count. You know, he was, he was on fumes. Um, you know, I, I thought we, I thought we might hold out as we had done. You know, um, at, at Norwich and we'd held out at, uh, at Leeds. I, th- I thought, I thought it was, um, you know, there's real, real guile in this team. They, could, they really can dig deep, but. Um, I wasn't that surprised when when he when he swivelled that that ball home. There was, I think, you know, I, I think to hold out for for those last ten minutes was was you know probably a little bit too much to expect. I think. I, I thought there was a there was a key substitution where we maybe got it wrong because I thought Pritchard was either I can't couldn't make up my mind whether he was injured or just out, and you know his, his legs had gone. And then we took Hotter off, and we, I think if we'd have replaced Pritchard at that point, um, we may have just kept a bit more out there, uh, because then Pritchard came off five minutes later, and it seemed to me mainly because Dallas was trying to tell the bench the guy's out, he can't, he's not running, he can't run anymore. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and uh, you know, but it was always about you know, we were unlikely to get a second goal. It was all about defending the one we had once we'd gone ahead, and. Um, I just thought, I just thought it was too much, you know. They 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 offered too much coming forward, Watford. You know, there was um there was just so much. They got so much talent in that team, and uh, it did make me laugh listening to Peter Gillum trying to uh, pronounce all their names before the kickoff. That was um that was pretty crazy. There was only one name that um, any of us could pronounce. Well, Billy, especially Billy. <laughs> yeah, I got to say I, I don't agree with Nick about the referee. I thought I thought uh, he had a poor first touch. He went for the ball. There was no malice in it. If you're a referee worth your salt, you know the kind of player that's going to put in a, a nasty, sort of edgy tackle. Bidwell's not one of them. And the, it was almost in slow motion, the tackle. So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't agree. The studs were down, although the leg was extended. Yeah, I'll give it's, you that. But I think it's a yellow card and get it, on with it, the game. It's a big stake game. It's interesting. Derby, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because I, uh, I mean, I personally haven't seen the the red card at all myself. I haven't looked back at the goals of the red card as well. Still too too depressed about the situation. But um, we got a little note on our uh, audio boom site, audioboom.com forward slash besotted, when we did the post match podcast, and we got a little note from the 1881 uh, brigade, which is the singing section of the Watford fans, and he sent a little note saying, "Look, had a fantastic time at Brentford. It's absolutely great." I have to admit, though, it was a red card and, you know, he deserved to get sent off, so on and so forth. And he just said, but, you know, good luck with the rest of the season. And then he came, went away and he came back probably about half a day later. He went, actually, I've just seen it on the TV and it actually wasn't, I think you're really unlucky. It wasn't a red card. It should have been a yellow card and you were really unlucky then. So I thought that was interesting where 
you know, he, he, he could have just got away and didn't look, but he actually came back after seeing it and said, I thought that was a yellow card. Shame he's not the referee, Bill. It's a shame he's not the referee. Um, we could also say that. I mean, there's obviously Leeds fans out there that are chuckling away because obviously they were absolutely baying. They were, they were rabid on Saturday um, with the referee's performance up there. And we really were saying, look, you don't know what you're talking about. The referee's done his, you know, he's done the business. And I mean, we personally think the referee did all right up at Leeds because he didn't bow down to the crowd. I think that on uh, Tuesday there was a different scenario altogether. Um, as everyone said, it was the, the showcase. It was all about the ref, you know, the way that he kind of produced the cards and, you know, he thought that he was kind of on stage, you know, and uh, he, he has got previous. He sent, you know, and was it, is it three, three players he sent off when we played Sheffield United a few years ago and gave two penalties as well, I think it was. So, uh, same ref, same ref. And, uh, yeah, he's, he, he, he's definitely got a bit of previous there. So, it's always for football fans to always moan and say there's a problem. But um, That's our right. Yes, it is, indeed. There is an ironic kind of twist here that we were taking the pee out of Leeds fans for moaning about the ref and then like 40 hours, 48 hours later moaning about the ref ourselves. But hey, yeah, as I said, that's our right. But what we do have to, the home fan. Have, we do have to congratulate the 10 players who are out there who ran their hearts out once uh, Pidwell had got sent off. Uh, Dave, you were right. I mean, Gray was running on few by the end of that game and I guess that there were probably four or five others who looked absolutely dead on their feet I think I think you're right Nick if you look at you know Warburton has always made a point of talking about getting performance out of the players rather than you know results follow and as far as performances go but, you know second half Tuesday night was, was arguably one of the best of the season I thought they were fantastic you know, real passion, real character. And, you know, it's just a shame that it was overshadowed slightly by the referee and what had happened earlier. Yeah, but I, th- I think, I think that there was little sign of, it, uh, of the players looking affected by what had happened. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, I, I, I think now it's out, and we'll talk about this in a minute, um, but now it's out. It's about how, we, how the players react to it and how the, how the manager continues uh, either in his job or not. But, um, it, there, there seemed to be little sign of any kind of adverse reaction to it, which I, I think we can only take um, take great comfort from. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, Dave, because in the press room afterwards, there were a few of the media lads saying, oh, they looked a bit off it first 20, 25 minutes, and even the, the Bidwell first touch was uncharacteristic. So, yeah, you can't blame you can't blame Bidwell's touch on, no, no, but on that's Mark what, that's, what, that's what the feeling was. Uh, well, we we started the... slowing up. We started slowing up in a few games. You know, yeah. like, I think I think you can look look for things yeah. when they're yeah. not there. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think I think also just to, I think it, there was something that sums up Warburton as well in his attacking approach because when um, Bidwell was sent off, there was a just, he could easily have just brought Craig on to play at left back. Um, but what he did was, he by moving um, Dallas back to left back, that allowed Hotter to stay on the pitch, because otherwise he's the guy that's coming off. And I thought that was a, that showed still showed some in, uh, you know, some real intent about maybe trying to get something out of this match, maybe trying to win the game. And I think that's it's important to sort of recognise that. Mm. And, and what was also thought is uh, again, I mean, you're talking about the intent uh, again, the Watford fans. They commented on the fact that even when we were at one all, we 
went out for it. We made the moves to go for the win. And uh, they just said that just doesn't normally happen in this league. Normally, a team will sit down and they'll settle for the draw. And they had to tip their hats and just say, listen, you know, you guys, you know, we hope we're going to play you some season, next season, in one league or the other. Because uh, they thought that was fantastic, you know. I wasn't that impressed by Watford. Um, am I missing something? I yes. thought they were. Yeah. I, I thought they were. They were. They were physical. They were direct. Um, but I, I'm, they weren't one of the better teams that we played this year. I can't see them. I can't see them being at one of the automatic top two. I think. I think they look. They look good in the final third, though, Nick. They did. I mean, they they cut us open a few times, and on another day, you know, I mean, only Button. I mean, Button's made three or four superb saves. They weren't, better, they weren't better than Derby, Middlesbrough or Bournemouth for me. No, probably not. I sit squarely in between all of you. And, I, 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 you know, I've, after being to the home game and the away game, I think we very, very unlucky not to have got a point from each of those two games. I mean, someone's done a double over us, but they've not fully deserved it. I think, I think a point in both of them games would have been very, very warranted. I think they've got. I think um, they they got maybe problems at centre back, and I think you saw that from Gray's goal. Um, but I think they move the ball around at the top end of the pitch, um, not dissimilar to the way we do. And I and I think they really move the ball around quickly. I think they're an impressive attacking side. I think so. I, I agree with you. Then I thought I, I was very impressed by the way they moved it about and the speed and the and, and the movement that they had, especially yeah. with those those front guys. And you know, Deeney, he kind of looked at, he looks a bit I don't want to say porky, but he looks sort of quite sort of, yeah. sort of muscular. But he's still got the movement and the action, and he you know he just causes problems the whole time. And uh, I mean, I thought I thought they were impressive. You know, they they make they made for a good game of football for me, um, even if we did lose. But anyway, listen, this is going to lead on to. A bigger conversation. We're going to have a little spot of music, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the events that happened, which led up to the Watford game, and it's got people talking for the last two days. been a bit of a weird one it's, we've got, it's almost like you've gone from a, a wedding to a funeral not I mean quite dramatic I suppose but in the space of two or three days like I said Saturday absolutely fantastic time we had up at Leeds the result was brilliant all the players just got behind it the fans were just absolutely the, the train journey back was tremendous we came home, we talked about it, you know, we, we, we celebrated, Twitter was a light, you know, the, the website was going mad and everything like that. It was fantastic. And then we're just coming up to the game on Tuesday and the boom, less than seven o'clock, before seven o'clock in the morning, the phone's buzzing away. Have you seen what's going on? Have you seen what's in the Times? Have you seen what's in the Times? And journalists from the Times written a story, headline, 
Warburton to get sacked regardless of how Brentford do this season. Obviously, we tried to do a little bit of digging around. Story, we refuted the story because uh, the story said things like, you know, Warburton had gone to Spain to meet this Paco character. Found out that that wasn't necessarily the case, so uh, that was refuted immediately. Um, but then after things have developed since then, as uh, everybody knows, there's been a press release, there's been statements, there's been interviews, there's been all sorts of stuff. And uh, it's a little bit grey at the moment now, but there's been a few things that have kind of reared their head. And I don't know, we just thought, listen, let's get together, because everyone's talking about it, let's just talk about this Warburton situation. And, you know, is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it unfortunate? Is it, you know, what's, what's going on? We, you know, we seem to be obviously be on a, an excellent run, and the next minute, a, a journalist is telling us that our, our, our manager's going to go. I mean, how could this happen? Well, you know, I, 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 I think I saw it about half six in the morning, and um, it made me feel sick, if I'm being honest with you. It's just, um, you just thought, just when everything is just so, so good, and this is the best we've ever had it, and this is all the kind of things that you would want your club to be, and the the way that Warburton is, um, how, how, how well respected, and what a thoroughly decent guy he is, and um, to, 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 to read that word, sacked, it kind of just, it felt so twisted, and so perverse, and um, I rang, I rang, I rang Matt Hughes at the, at the Times, and I, and, I, and I spoke to him. And you know, you never, sorry, you Matt never, Hughes is the guy that did the, the article, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the Times journalist, and and I, you never shoot the messenger because you know he's got he's got no malice, and he's a he's a thoroughly respectable guy. And you know, it, what 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 went on is off the record, and I and I and I, and I thank him for, for spending half an hour chatting to me about it. Um, but what? He, he regretted the word sacking, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and um, that one word, I think, has, has, has framed this, this whole confusion and anger because it's nonsensical. Um, it, it, it makes no sense and it, and it isn't actually true, um, I don't think. I don't, you know, he isn't going to be sacked and, he's, it, it, and I don't think that, that really is an option. Um, and... It, then the press statement that came out from the club, it was again, it, it was it was just a work of nonsense, and it and it, and it said nothing. And I know I know Jim will want to speak about this in a minute. Someone who has prepared press releases for big organisations, part of his job, and how you would how you would do that properly. But you know, when when fans are looking for clarity and they're looking for kind of. Um, you know, almost like an arm round them to say it's all right, or or, or just the facts. Um, it just it, it poured more petrol on the fire, and I think think ever since we're just trying to scratch around looking for some some semblance of common sense to be happening here. Um, and it, you know, it, it would appear that two men have have, have uh, got different different ethoses and. There's there's no huge falling out and there is no sacking. It's just things are going to change for next season, and it, it seems it seems. I you know as I said at the start, I wish I wish the story would just go away, and I wish it had never happened, and 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 I, and I wish that everything could just carry on, and this moment in time could last forever because it's just it's such a brilliant run that we've been on, and. 
you know, I've loved every minute of every season, but, you know, it's progress and visions for the future and moving into a stadium and um, making sure we're not little old Brentford forever. Um, there's, there's things that are going to happen and unfortunately this is, this, it looks like this is going to be one of those things. Yeah, things, things are going to happen, Dave, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of fans, myself included, who actually think that, who are actually proud of the fact that Brentford is a football club with very strong values, a very strong family mentality, um, who actually look after its own. You're one of the family, you know. And, you know, I speak with people up in the Midlands where I live and, and you know, and they, they look enviously at Brentford for, for being that kind of club that, that you know, where, where you know, the supporters actually matter to, to the club um, or at least there's that appearance um, and for me um, you know what's gone on this week um, uh, yeah sacking probably is, is, is a word that's caused a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the problem but nevertheless the bottom line is that, I, I, that say it's Matthew, caused all, I say it's caused yeah, all of the problem yeah, but the bottom line is whether, whether Mark Warburton was going to be moved upstairs or sacked or offered a new role at the club Mark Warburton's reward for getting us to within, you know, spitting distance of the Premiership is is have, having the job taken off him. Now, you know, I, I find that absolutely baffling, to be honest. And, you know, I also find it incredible that that Matthew Benham is, was so naive as to think that this wouldn't get out. You know, because from, from my understanding, he actually told, um, you know, Mark Warburton that this was going to happen at the end of the season. Now, you know, he, he must have known that this would, would come out at some stage. Um, I, just, I just find it incredible, absolutely incredible. And, you know, it's, as, as I, after the Watford game, I drove back up with my lad and he, he turned to me and said, you know, Brentford Football Club's a club with values and, and this goes against everything that, that we've sort of, you know, grown up with for all these decades. And, and you know, you think to yourself, well, the option is we stay in language in, in League One or the, or the Championship and don't go take that, that, that next step where, you know, it's all about being ruthless and making clinical, cold-blooded decisions. But if, if, if it means getting a load of, sort of, you know, you know, that everything's so cold and clinical, then, yeah, maybe, accuse me of being unambitious, but maybe I would rather stay further down the, the pyramid. I Let think me... that's a, Jim, I think you, you pointed out we are now playing in the big leagues. Yeah. Brentford is a big team. And in the big leagues, whether it be in the world of football, whether it be in the world of finance, whether it be in the world of politics, it's nasty business. Um, we all might want to hop back to a different era and a different day, um, but times have changed and Brentford are fighting up with the big boys now. All I so, so we chuck out all our, all we our can't afford, values. We can't afford to lose what Matthew Benham has put into the club. And as Dave quite pointed out, I think what has really um, budded the waters is the use of the word by uh, sacked by the sub-editor at the time. Because I think what I think has become apparent is that there is still a role at the club if he wanted it at the end of the season. It probably may not be the manager's fault in the old-fashioned sense of the word, we understand it. 
it probably would be the sporting director's role, which is this sort of huge buzz thing that all football clubs going through. Um, but given that, and Warburton, I think, probably doesn't want to do that. Warburton wants to be a manager, and that's where the tension is. Um, but we can't afford, you know, we can't afford to have loyalty. And I, I hate saying that, because, you know, I, I'm a great believer in loyalty, but if we want to be a top 20, the top, in the top 28, 30 clubs in the country, Brentford going to have to get used to this, and it's going to happen again to us. Um, but hopefully it will happen the same owner who's invested so much time and I'm going to just quote an article which was in Get West London newspaper. Um, not sure the journalist. I think it might have been uh, Tim Street, or no, it might have been Tom Moore. This was in the paper today. I saw it sort of this after, late this afternoon. It says, however, Get West London now understands that it appears there is no way back for either Warburton or McParland as owner Matthew Bedden restructures his club. At the heart of the matter, it would seem, is where power lies over the player decision process. While Warburton currently has a veto over signings, Benham appears to favour an all-powerful sporting director, but does not see McParland as being that man. It has become apparent that Benham and Warburton disagree over the way forward, and the manager will leave at the end of the season, if not before. It would also appear there would be some truth in fresh revelations about sleep coach, free kick coach. But that's, I mean, I think that's a side, that's a that, side that's, issue. That's a, real, that's a real kind of petulant nonsense bit at the end. Yeah. You know, that's, um, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I do think Matthew Benham must have looked at our dealings during the transfer window, or pretty much non-dealings, and thought, what's going on here? I mean... We've all sat around this table and said that probably what we need is another striker to come in. What we got during the transfer window was a, a, a striker with potential, but only on loan from Everton. Um, I, I'm thinking that there must be somewhere in Europe, there must have been other strikers with a bit of um, uh, who... Matthew Benham might have spotted or others might have spotted should be playing at the top of the championship. I'd be interested to know why and what didn't happen or didn't happen with our uh, signing journey transfer. Well, I think this is, again, this is the difficulty because the problem with, you know, when you're football fans and you get emotionally attached to this whole thing, you basically don't know what's going on. So what you do is you end up kind of making presumptions and just throwing stuff out there when you don't necessarily know what the full picture is which makes it actually not really difficult but you just make these emotional sort of, sort of kind of judgments I mean at the end of the day I know that we were frustrated that nobody came in the transfer window um, but then we were, but then we were told I remember the statement was oh, I was very happy with you know what happened in the transfer window because we didn't lose anybody we you know we did what we needed to do so I think the fans were kind of Okay, cool. Well, you know, if the club was happy and they've made a statement that they're happy, then we're happy because obviously they kind of know what they're doing, even though we thought, you know, at the time, oh, we need a striker. Interestingly, now this has all come about. I think the fans will probably go back and question all this stuff because naturally this is what's going to happen. You know, you sort of think, you know, why is this all, why is this all come about? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard sort of, and it is just speculation that, uh, you know, there was a list of 
five, six, seven. I've even heard talk of nine players that uh, were recommended. And Warburton said, uh, I don't actually want them at the moment. Um, now, I don't know what, whether there's any truth in that or not. But what, what you've got to bear in mind is that Mark Warburton, Warburton has got this squad of players, which is quite a small, tight-knit squad, very in the, in the top six of the championship, which is way beyond our wildest dreams, really. Um, and by bringing in sort of two, even three players, you can up, you can potentially upset that. It's a delicate game, football but, but, management. But we, you know. but we, we need them. <laughs> do we? Do we though? We, I mean, of course you we know, need I, them. I saw you, Chris you, you Long. Know, you know, you, everyone knows we need a, another striker or another two strikers. We probably need a defender, and we need and we need cover probably both fullback positions. We, that's that's you know we, we do we do need we do need fresh legs if we're gonna if we you know we whether whether we any of us expected to be where we are or not is another matter but we are where we are. But I think and, that uh, I think that Warburton was thinking right. I'll wait for the loan window to reopen and do it that way. The thing is though we are we we I mean all season we've been teetering on two or three injuries in key positions. And we would have to move incredibly quickly to get players in. If we'd have lost a left back, if we'd have lost um, Andre Gray, I just we, we would have had to have moved so quickly to compensate for the next two games. Um, so I can see that side of it as well. That, and, and I still think we're in a similar position now. And I know that I know you can get players in on loan, you know, but but do you get the players you want in on loan? I still think we're, you know, we, we we're just two or three injuries away from being on the brink. Who's going to be playing left back on Saturday, for example? Well, probably Stuart Dallas. <laughs> I mean, he was out. He was outstanding there. He's not left back. He's not, he, but you know, well, he'll do well, a job there. Yeah, Jim, you say he was. You say he was outstanding, but you could say that we gave away the second goal because Dallas wasn't. Oh, no, you know. I th- you know, I heard you say that earlier, and I, you know, that's just one small moment in a game. I don't think that's an error. But we're. Yeah. But, but, but we're, we're not top of the we're championship, not in a... but that's what one small moment makes all the difference. Jim, Jim, we've moved on. We've moved, we've moved on from drafting people back just to fill gaps. You know, we're, 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 that, those you know those days have gone. We're, we, you know, and I don't I don't want to be flippant, and it's not my money. But you know, we, we have got the finances and, and, the, and the clout now to to go and get players. And you know, I'm afraid that you know we do, we are. In a state of the season where, where if we get any injuries in key positions now, we are extremely light. And you know, if that position could have been different, which you know, I think we were all of us. You know, we we, t- we talked to Chris when the transfer window opened, and I said at the time it will be an amazing window. This this will show the intent. This will show how much the people in charge of the club believe that we can go up. And you know, we, we were still winning, and we could have we could have gone top on Boxing Day. We were we were that close, and nothing happened really in January of any real note. So, you know, I, I think I think some something clearly happened then, and we're, we're we're in a weaker position coming out of the window than than we, we should be. And if you and if you think of the left back position, so you, maybe Dallas will play there. He's not a left back. The next option might be McCormack to play there if he's fit enough. Or Craig to play there, who trying to play our system with the left back getting forwards is not going to be. I don't think Tony Craig, you know, up the other end of the pitch getting crosses in is going to be something to, um, you know, to shout about. Yeah. I, I know we were talking about trying to get this uh, red card rescinded. 
I mean, and it's Friday tomorrow, so I don't know what the process is. It's probably not going to happen uh, for the weekend, is uh, it? Billy, I, I, I know Bart Walton gave an interview today, this afternoon, this is Thursday, where he said that they wouldn't be appealing the red card. He said they'd looked at the uh, video 20 or 30 times and decided that it wasn't worth, it wasn't worth appealing the red card. That's not bad. So he's, def- so he's definitely out. Yeah. I mean, there's Yanaris, I suppose, as well. But he's hardly played this season. I mean, I I know that we shouldn't be, uh, and we're probably going to talk about the game probably a little bit later. I mean, we shouldn't get too too ahead of ourselves there, but Charlton fans are probably saying, put anyone anyone at left back, it doesn't really matter because apparently they can't score for Toffee at the moment now. But we shouldn't take that attitude because we need to make sure that we've got everything locked down. I say, Billy, just just harking back to a point that Dave made a bit earlier about the press release uh, side of this. Um, you know, it. I mean, that was it was just staggering, really. That was, and it made the club a bit of a laughing stock, really. Um, now, you've got a press department there who have worked in in the industry and know, you know, what what's what, and it seems it appears that. Uh, their guidance and advice wasn't heeded. So, who is actually looking after the media side on, on an issue as big as this? That, that you know, that, that would that concerns me. I'm I'm quite intrigued that. I mean, we were just completely caught on the hop by this, and there maybe there is a sign of how much we've become a bigger club because actually, you know, that's quite a big story in the Times, and we wouldn't have had a story like that about us a year ago. But but the story has kind of been knocking around for a week before. So, you know, it's been on Twitter, albeit in Spain, the Spanish journalist who didn't really have many followers, etc. Didn't you so talk about it? How, po- how much we got caught out by it. You talked about it on the podcast, didn't you, a couple of weeks ago? Uh, no, we didn't talk about it on the podcast, no. But, but it has been, you know, it has been on Twitter and it's been out in various places, maybe a message board or two. But, but we were just completely caught on the hop. And then... And, and that really, you know, shocks me as well. What we have yeah. talked about on the podcast, and I think is uh, uh, this week has proved as well, is that uh, on the field we might be getting much more professional, but off the field we need to get much more professional too. Um, it is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week business now, football, isn't it? I mean, the media is a beast that has to be fed, and you can't just ignore it. And... And you need to do crisis management um, pretty much on an ongoing basis at a football team, it seems to me. Um, and I think, you know, if anything, there needs to be uh, people, um, including ourselves at Besotted, actually, need to go away and think about how we handle our crisis management. You know, we need to bolster the resources on our website that kept falling down. <laughs> so who has put this this statement out then that's that's you know that's what's intriguing uh, I, me. I, don't, I don't think it appeared in the t- what what at, from the club yeah well yeah i mean I, I think this is probably the first big story that's probably um, they've had to deal with uh, you know several years um and it's it really they, they it has shown that you know um the skill set isn't there to, to kind of but the skill set among who dave are we talking well, the, the media it, department or the board, I don't, I don't know who, or Matthew Bennett himself. I don't actually, I don't actually know who put those words together. I, but I know, I know that it was a bizarre. It read very strangely. I see. I um, mean, it didn't read to me like it, like that was something prepared by people 
who understand the media. Read into that what you like. Hi. I'm somewhat surprised we haven't heard anything else from the main players, whether that be Matthew Benham or, or the club. Um, because actually we're all still sitting around talking to each other about what stories appearing in the press. Yeah, I mean, again, and again, sort of me just sitting in the middle there, I, I would have thought that the, I think part of the problem is obviously uh, this story broke on Tuesday. Um, I don't think, well, it's not, I don't think it's obvious that this story wasn't expected to break on Tuesday. It was the day of a big match. It came out. Um, the Times Journal, I mean, I know that Laney, you spoke to him, but, you know, he might have been sitting on that story for a week. And he, decided... he, told, he, he told me it landed on his desk at lunchtime before. The oh, really? Okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll take that one back then. But still, you know, and he thought, wow, Watford game, bang, you know, great chance to make an opportunity, a big splash, because it's tied in with a big six pointer game. So the story's done that. It's caught us on the hop. It's caught everybody on the hop, caught the fans on the hop, caught everyone in the, in the, in the club on the hop. Yes, there's an argument to say, crisis management, you need to be ready for this stuff. Yeah, but I think the situation is, and also, and again, maybe it's a big learning curve, is like, you know, you say, why hasn't there been another statement? It's because, you know, the next statement, any word that's going to have to come out for the club, it's, it's going to have to be really kind of well thought through, whatever it may be. You can't just come out with a, you know, another bit of sort of nothingness, really. What's happening in the village, Billy? That's what we want to know. Novel, novel things. Wait, we either have the manager who is, um, sorry, we either have an owner who quietly goes about his business that doesn't appear on the media every 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 five minutes, doesn't um, seek publicity for what he's doing, or we accept that we're going to have or we call for a an owner to be much more upfront is what he's doing. Um, I think actually the club and the people at the very top of the club will probably learn a lot from what happened this week and will probably be more, um, will get systems in place so that it doesn't happen again. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't think we'll see Matthew Benham appearing on Sky Sports any, any day soon. This is yeah, I mean, I think you're right. If the club does need to learn from situations like this and you know I suppose you learn from mistakes don't you um, in life and as, as a football club um, but I just for me harking right back to what I said earlier were I Mark Warburton I would be slightly hurt slightly bemused um, you know what, what more have I, has he got to do to, to sort of you know earn the plaudits from from the owner, the person who employs him. I just don't get it at all. That's not that, that's not the, the Brentford I know doesn't treat people like that. Accepting what it what Brentford has done, the Brentford that you know has provided a great platform for Mark. Oh yeah, yeah, no, to walk into yeah, another yeah, job. I mean, you know, yeah. if I were the Aston Villa owner, I'd be on the phone now to Warburton saying, "Come on, your current team aren't treating you well. Come and work with us." You know. Uh, but we have. I mean, the thing is, you're, 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 I really think, Jim, that you are being still clouded by this word sack, um, and it, it, like there has been no. I don't. I can't see. You know, I, 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 I think that Mark Warburton is the best manager that has ever been at our football club in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I wish that he was there for as long as I am a Brentford fan. And I'm not disputing the fact I. that he, yeah. but has, he has worked miracles. However, I don't think that anything 
that's happened this week has actually been a betrayal of him. So if I'm being honest, he hasn't been sacked. And there was always and always was a chance that he was going to get poached by a bigger club. And if someone is looking, if, if, if he'd been poached by Villa, which there's a good chance he might be, or if he went to QPR or any other job that comes up that might, or Norwich or any, any club that may have, may have caught his eye or may have made an, a, a, a bid or an approach that was completely too good for him to refuse, we will be looking away for, looking around for a new manager. And if yeah, someone hadn't, right, no, yeah. hold on, hold on, let me finish. If someone hadn't gone looking for the successor, we would be screaming, what kind of football club would, would let this situation arise where there was a manager whose stock was so high and there was every chance of him being poached by someone else or going off to somewhere else to not a thought about what happens next. And what's happened this week could just be explained about as that. And the story's got out. Someone has put that story out. And I, doesn't, I, don't, think, I don't think after that news... That London, West London news story. It work. It it, it it takes a genius to work out who it could have been. No. So um. So the story is leaked out, and obviously I don't think it should. It, it was no one wanted it to leak out. No. No. Has, I mean, no, you know, I mean, no turning it's, back. It's, it's interesting. Hot. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, Fernandez the other night was saying he's found. He thinks he's found his dream manager. Today, Ramsey's been appointed caretaker till the end of the season. Put two and two together. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but that could have always happened, Jim. Yeah. That could have always yeah, happened. No, fair you know, we're, 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 yeah, but... we're in we're in crystal ball territory, and, yeah. that, and that's the thing that you have to. You, as as someone who's put in a huge, colossal amount of money into this football club, you're always going to look to protect it. Yeah. And yeah. and and you have to you have to you have to look to succession, and and. But you must never lose sight of what this club. But, it's all about. But, but give when me, you lose that, give, you lose give, your identity. Give, give me an example of, of that bit of that betrayal. I, I, I can't see it. He hasn't been sacked, okay. Jim. He has not been no, sacked. No. The, the point I'm making is that if we move so quickly towards the, the Premier League and at any costs, and it's ruthless, black and white decision, business decision like that, you do risk losing some of the, the special... Sort of feel that there is around, um, but, but, there, but but I, I'm normally but 100% on your side on this, Jim. It, it, that 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 level of emotion that you're talking about, it, it, it's this. It, you feel like someone's been betrayed, fans have been betrayed, the spirit of our club's been betrayed. I, I can't quite see it. Okay, if you've got the opportunity to better yourself, you've got to take it and you've got to grab it with, with both arms. And that's what Brentford Football Club have at the moment. They have the opportunity of becoming not, no longer little old Brentford, but, you know, one of the major forces in West London football. And let, let's, let's go and seize it. And by seizing, you have to make some what? really tough and some really if, ruthless if, decisions. If he had I'd been there, sacked, I've done it with, a, with another organisation. on Tuesday morning... I would be with you, outraged. If he was sacked tomorrow, if he was sacked on Sunday, he doesn't deserve... Mark Warburton is an honourable, lovely bloke who I've got more time for than any other Brentford manager I've ever yep. spoken to. And if I felt he'd been betrayed, I, I would yeah. be with you. And I, I can't quite see it. I see it's a different difference of vision rather than, than a sacking. No one's been sacked. I don't, I don't see this as a step forward, an initial step forward, 
I see it may as in the future, but this but this initially I just I do see it as a step back because I think that for us to compete for the rest of this season um, and possibly next season, we will be better off having Mark Warburton in charge. Um, but I do take that in terms of if this is some sort of restructure as is being talked about in the press, then I can see it's in a you know, it's an it's a move forwards in a longer-term view. But as a short-term decision, I see it as a step back. I mean, for me, it's interesting because we're talking about the, the ethos of, you know, of Brentford and uh, being a, a family club, being a club with a, you know, with a certain vibe. You know, Jim Levesque was talking about that. And I think that you know, part of the, of the problem with this happening in, su- in, su- in such a bang is that Mark Warburton is seen as being, you know, like us. We can relate to him. He, he's got a great relationship with the fans. He's got a great relationship with the players. And also, he wasn't going to be there. Mark Warburton wasn't meant to be there. He's a guy that's come from banking, but then he's gone into football. He is very good. I'm just saying that is the kind of story. He's not the archetypal, you know, football manager. He, uh, Uwe Rostler left and he moved into his boots. And then next minute, you know, we're up in the next league. Us, as Brentford fans, always fighting, fighting to kind of get recognition, Try, fighting to put your cap above the, you know, the top of the table. You know, we're always fighting. We could relate to that 100%. That's why Brentford fans related to Mark Warburton. You related to our kind of like, you know, I don't want to say Tim Pot's not the right type of word, but you related to that spirit where you were kind of like going up off the parapet and doing the things that you can't do. Matt, um, Matt Benham's also come in and he's put in a lot of money as we know to enable us to do this and it's almost like we like the fact that you're doing it with somebody who just wasn't it wasn't the typical manager that people you know when he got appointed I remember my Sheffield United mates were laughing at us oh my god you know you're, he's, <laughs> he's going to be gone in a couple of weeks and you know it would never last and you're punching above your weight but now everyone's like going, oh my God, you, you know, you've got the real deal there. And I think as Brentford fans, we all wanted to just basically or want to succeed with this setup now because it completely and utterly goes against the grain. Um, and and you know, that's, what, you know, that's my opinion now. The, the difficulty is that now we've got a situation where you read the press and you hear what's going on. That's not, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Well, actually, that's not necessarily the case because we could still go up this season with Mark Warburton. And I think that if we did, that would probably be the best thing that would ever happen for everybody, for him, for the fans. That would be like a great send-off. Um, and it's frustrating. Um, you know, I mean, I, I felt sick. After I heard that on, on Tuesday, I actually felt sick. I, went, I met Laney. We, we went out for the day. We had a, a couple of meetings. And then we went to the pub. We just sat there and we felt deflated, not excited about that Watford game. And I think, you know, I, I, you know when, when Andy Scott, when all these other managers, it didn't mean that. So it just goes to show you how much he has affected us and the fans. And that's why there's a big hoo-ha about him going. Yeah, it, I, I, I echo that bit. I mean, I, I did, that's I know, I said it earlier, I did feel sick. And my, my, my I think my, my first feeling was to protect Warburton, to, to, to help in anyone, helping anyone do this. And, I, and you know, and... My, my my feeling was to you know and, I, and it's similar it's similar to Jim's you know the, the, you know we do have to fight so hard to, to retain what's great about Brentford and the Brentfordness of Brentford and you know we we, we, don't, we don't we don't want to sell all our principles and all all the all those kind of quirky 
assets as I see them. They're not they're not things that they're not things that sort of stop us celebrating being a Brentford fan or loving Brentford. All the you know all, all our all our weaknesses we see as strengths. Um, and then we, we know we have to fight to, when we move to, to Lionel Road to, to, to make sure we, we move as many of those with us as we can. Um, and I, I, you know, I, 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 Mark Warburton deserves, and his team and the players, they deserve to go up this season. And I will, 100%. but I, you know, I just hope that he's, he is here for the rest of the season. Yeah. And we don't know, it, it, whatever, whatever is irretrievable at the moment, it may be retrievable, something may happen, nothing yeah. set in stone. But that's the thing, though, there, Dave, isn't it? Where you know, it's out I, now. You're, you're right. You're, it's out. Yeah, you're saying. Out, I hope. Out. I hope that he stays. This is where now Matthew Benham needs to stand, step, step up, and, and issue a statement to give people like us, you know, a bit of clarity, really, on what the situation actually is. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I, I think well, you, you, I don't think you're right. You are right. It, 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 it's, it's it's imperative that the there there is a crystal clear, non-fuzzy, no, not whoever whoever put that last press together, that press release together, shouldn't be anywhere, let anywhere near this one. Then it, it, it needs to be completely, unmistakably clear about the vision for the next phase. If it isn't this current wonderful team that are the what they're gonna be the ones that deliver it, then what is next? And and and, and the rationale behind that. Um, and, and, yeah. you know, I, I but but you have to you have to admit, you know, Matthew Benham he's he's been true to his word at every step of the way. And he really has been, and this isn't this. You know, this is it, it, it has saved our club, and yeah. he's taken it to somewhere where we couldn't even begin to imagine we could be when we were rattling buckets outside Griffin Park. and this is and and he isn't going to, you know, for whatever reason there it is, it won't be to the detriment of the club. And this is the thing, which is you know, which is I think the hard thing to because I mean. I literally had a headache for two days just thinking about this because it was just kind of, you know, it was quite sort of stressful. You sort of think about it, you know, everything's wrapped up in this sort of joy. And then I think it just made me think probably like the end of play yesterday or maybe it was this morning and you sort of take two steps back. When you kind of, you look at the stories, you said, look, this is happening. And then you just sort of, you get that realisation, you sort of think, not being funny, but actually, you know, we have, we are, hitting we are hitting you know we're, we're going up a couple of levels and I, I would have been delighted for Mark to be here I'd love you know I'd love him to be here for two three five seasons you know he takes us down the training ground he chats to us he, he, he's got a really great relationship with the fans and everything like that but it's just it's out of our you know it's out of our hands whatever goes on which is difficult you know we can maintain certain things about the club but the way the club is run you know, it's it's that that's dictated to by the, the people that that run the club, and you know, it, 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 it's it's a difficult because we're used to things being a particular way, and it's almost like the safety factor. And I'll be honest with you, going to this next phase, whatever it may be, is actually possibly a bit. I mean, you said it's quite exciting. You know, I sort of think well, it could be a bit scary because you've got no idea what it's going to be. If you've been supporting the club for 35 years and it's been pretty much the same, then all of a sudden, bing, you're up there and you're off the parapet. 
it's great because you're still within the same zone, but you're just up there a little bit. But all of a sudden, you sort of think, tell you something, we're taking a couple of giant leaps. This is like, this is, you know, they're talking about sporting directors and changes of this and that, that article that was in the newspaper about, you know, Southampton popped up. And you sort of think, God, blimey, football fan here. And it's all completely changing. And we, we get scared. We do. Yeah. do. But, but we are being taken to that next stage by somebody who is a Brentford fan. Thank the Lord we're not being taken by a Vincent Tan or, a, or whoever the chap was who bought Leicester or, you know, or Abu Dhabi Shapes from Manchester City. We are being taken by somebody who is a true Brentford fan. He was standing there on the terraces. He's now sitting there in nondescript in the director's box. He is Nick, a Brentford fan. Can I, can I add to that? He's not only a Brentford fan, he's someone who's armed with more knowledge than, than any of us know. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think the, the problem is, and this is why the club have to get the message across, that the explanation of what happens next has to be so spot on, is because the likes of us sitting here now nattering, we, we're pro- arguably a little bit too obsessed by our football club and we spend a little bit too much time <laughs> thinking and talking about what goes on. For a lot of people, they just, you know, they get their football fixed and they keep up, they keep abreast where they can. Um, they, they need to, they need, they need one statement that makes it crystal clear to them. They, they don't, so, so they don't have to listen to four hours of us rambling on. You know, it's just, it's something that they everyone understands. This is this is why there is this is why that there is uncertainty about Mark Wilberson because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Just looking forward though. I mean, we've got a match on Saturday against Charlton. Obviously, Mark Warburton is very much still in charge of the team. If you listen to all his statements, all he says, it's all about the team, it's all about the focus, it's all about the game. He doesn't want to talk about anything else. Th- uh, thoroughly professional man he is. We've got a game against Charlton on Saturday. What is the score on that one? I mean, how, how are we going to come off the back of this week? It's Tuesday, we were kind of, we were, it's almost like we were fighting on fumes. We were there on the fumes on Tuesday and we did the business, we always got out there. Charlton... They, they, this could definitely be potentially be lambs of the slaughter. If we were, if this was last Saturday, I would have said, you know, Charlton, two nil, three nil, four nil. How are we going to deal with this game on Saturday? I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because actually, I think that the, both the players and the manager will be one of sending out a clear message about where Brentford are. Charlton are not a very good team. They're having an appalling season. Um, and it's the right time to be able to play them. Uh, if I were Charlton, I'd be terrified that they should get very much turned over at the Valley. I can see us winning three, four nil. I think uh, if, if they get the press statement right between now and Saturday, then you could actually find a sort of, you know, even in an even more sort of uh, positive vibe around the whole thing. I think they could actually turn a negative into into a positive really and, and actually as Nick says go there in a sort of show of unity and, and really turn them over 
think, I, think yeah. I think it's quite ironic about Charlton actually because the, the show today we were actually going to get a couple of Charlton fans on and we were going to talk about owners and how their owners you know what the owners do with the club and uh, especially because Charlton are in a particular situation with their uh, Ronald is it the, 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 the Belgian guy who's been doing all sorts of stuff and then he's brought in you know the, the latest manager who you know no one seems to have any confidence in and the Charlton you know if there's anyone who's completely and totally down in the dumps with how their owner is running their club you know you go and have a look at Charlton and then you know we can pick ourselves up and say listen at the end of the day at least you know we've got we've got a, a very positive thing we've got a Brentford fan here who's actually throwing money into the club and and, and he's taken us up to a couple of levels so we're, we're going into a sort of a kind of sort of polar situation with Charlton on Saturday but I mean Matt how do you how do you think they're going to cope with the situation um, playing against these team, this team? I mean, Ch- Ch- Charlton have got nothing to lose, have they? Um, yeah, Charlton have got nothing to lose. I think this game is massive for us because I think there is potential. Um, I know I don't want to, I don't know about the players being distracted. It's just I, you just wonder how everybody is. You know, mentally going into the game, and I think the game's massive because I think if we win it and if we get something right in the next 24 hours, we can turn this back round again. I think if the club stays quiet for 24 hours, we hear nothing more. People are talking about it on the terrace, and then we have a bad performance. Then it's going to be difficult to drag ourselves back. Mainly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, a, it's going to be a break from all this shenanigans um, and this kind of chess game that's going on in my head and all of our heads and trying to make sense of something that's nonsensical um, as I've said before um, you know, I'm looking forward to the team coming out, I want to get behind the team I want to get behind the manager um, I think we need, to, we need to get behind Warburton and, and make him realise that you know, how, how much time and affection and you know, I, I use the love word you know, he, 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 he deserves um, to understand the deep respect and admiration and 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 warmth that we will always feel for him, you know. So um, the, you know, I, I I just want him to know that you know we are fully behind him and his team. So Saturday gives us another opportunity to do that. It's a couple of thousand, maybe more, um, going to be there. We'll make a lot of noise under the cover, and I think you know the, the team. As I said earlier, didn't give any indication that they were, you know, they chucked the towel in or they were having, they were having, they were sulking or the old bottom lip was wobbling. They, they looked like they were focused on on winning and clearly they want to win for the manager. And I think if we can channel that in the right way, um, we we can go there and win and the, and the rest of the season can can be a positive one. I, I I agree with you, Dave. I think it's we've just got to channel it the right way because can go the wrong way but I, if we can channel it the right way we can, we can use it as some sort of a positive and really get this sort of backs to the wall we're all in this together let's get it done I would worry about Mark Robertson's back if he's there on Saturday afternoon and we do score three goals as I predict we might do uh, given the way the players were jumped all over him when they scored on uh, Tuesday night um, I hope he's uh, you know I hope he's got a back brace on Saturday yeah. So can I listen? Let's go around the table. I want to get a score prediction from you guys, Dave Lane. I am going to go for a two-nil Brentford win. Nick, three-one Brentford. Matt, 
it's going to be a bonkers game. It's going to be four three Brentford. And I'm going to I'm going to put in for Jim Levac because he's not here. Four 0 to Charlton. What are you talking about, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> he's gone off to the pub. And uh, I'm going to go three nil Brentford. I think we we're, we're going to we're absolutely going to go for it. You know, and, and like I said, a lot, lot of sentiments there as well. And, you know, like I said to you, you know, it's, like I said, dark, dark sides, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, you know, we ain't doing too badly at the moment now. I know it's a difficult situation, but we've got to also look at you know, where Brentford are and where we're going. And we, we ain't doing bad. When you look at some of them teams out there, you know, uh, that have been taken over by certain people. And I just sort of think I'd hate to be, I'd hate to be a fan of your team. And, and, and we can only be blessed because we, you know, there's, there's at the moment now, there's things that you know a lot of fans aren't happy with. But at the end of the day, man, there's a lot of things we've got to be grateful about as well. And I think we'll end it on that note, and uh, we'll move it forward because we've got a game on Saturday. We're going to play Charlton. We're going to beat Charlton. We're going to absolutely smash Charlton because that is what we need to do now to get everyone to get the vibe back. Um, you can see we're all even a little bit flat today when we were trying to chat about it, you know. But it's a it's a bit of a you know a bit of a sore subject and it's a bit of a touching heart subject. So, and I know a lot of Brentford fans will be feeling exactly the same, and there's going to be lots of opinions flying around. But listen, no statements gone out yet. We don't know what the real word is. There's lots of words flying around. Mark Warburton and um, has said that him and, and, and Matthew Benham speak all the time. They haven't fallen out. It's a it's a business arrangement. We need to you know. We, we're gonna we're gonna hear more about it in the next couple of days, but let's concentrate on the football Saturday, Charlton. Let's smash them off the park. Let's get down a bit early, have a few beers, and have a bit of a laugh. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We are signing off this week, the Grey Week, we'll call it. <laughs> we're signing. Shades of grey, yeah? That's right, Fifty Shades, Fifty shades of, grey. of Absolutely Grey. Um, we're signing off, but hopefully we'll get three points on Saturday. Besotted.co.uk, check us out. Go to audioboom.com, Besotted, press a button and subscribe to us or check out the videos. There'll be one for Saturday. There's one for last Tuesday, Watford. We do one every week. Um, YouTube.com um, forward slash Besotted1992. Thank you very much, lads. We've got myself, Billy Grant, Nick Carfew, Dave Lane, Jim Levac and Matt Allard chatting about all sorts of nonsense. We will see you on the other side. Come on, you bees. We're going to have Come this. On, Come bees. on. Come on, you bees. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.